0: Welcome to the RPGbot.news. I'm Randall James, and with me is Tyler Kamstra. Hi, everybody. And also Ash Eli.
1: Hail and well
0: met, travelers.
2: And tonight we have a special guest with us, Adam Bradford. Hey. All right, Tyler, what is happening? Well, I'm very excited to welcome Adam back to the the podcast. Uh, Tonight we're going to talk a bit about demiplanes. So we had Adam on about a year ago um, to talk about optimizing online play when DemiPlane was still very, very new. Um, DemiPlane has been very, very busy since then, and they very recently announced a 5e Nexus. So we're going to talk to Adam about what DemiPlane has been up to over the past year, what they have planned for the 5e Nexus, given the context of uh, today's gaming world. Um, and yeah, we're, we're going to talk about the very recent past and hopefully the very near future. Let's do it. So Adam, uh, like I said, returning guest, joined us for the Optimizing Online Play episode. We'll link that in the show notes. Um, Adam was the founder of D&D Beyond, uh,
3: co-founded DemiPlane last year, the year before. Well, so I can uh, provide a little bit of clarity there. So so actually, DemiPlane's <laughs> founders, a uh, gentleman named Travis Frederick, who used to play for the Dallas Cowboys All-Pro Center, um, retired from the NFL And his uh, childhood friend Peter Romanesco. They used to play these games when they were kids. Uh, They lived across the street from each other, and uh, they actually they founded Demiplane, um, you know, a little bit before I joined. So I met uh, Travis and Peter, and uh, we hit it off pretty instantly. And uh, you know, I knew that my time at uh, D and D Beyond was kind of coming to a close. I felt like the the seasons were changing, and uh, so I said, "Hey, you know, I've really." wanted to to support all these other great games and all these other, uh, you know, third party creators out there. Do you want to make some digital tools? And they said, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. And so uh, <laughs> so I, I didn't quite found Demiplane, but uh, but definitely joined up with them. And uh, and, and we've got this, uh, you know, new and exciting mission that we've been on for about the last year. All right. So correct me if I'm wrong on your title. Chief Development Officer, yes. Yeah, that sounds very appropriately made up, doesn't it? Um, yeah, <laughs> Chief Development. Though, so that's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's uh, you know it, it's really funny when you get into those kind of discussions. It's like, yeah, okay, C suite. I'm going to be in the C suite, and uh, there were so many other that that middle letter, uh, so many other possibilities, and it was really funny just based on what uh, you know, kind of the the scope of what I would be doing, which you know, a big part of why I initially joined and what I would be uh, taking on, especially for kind of that first, uh, you know, six to 12 months would be trying to sign up partners and establish a pipeline of gains. And so, uh, you know, that's a business development function that I was going to be doing. And it's like, oh, also going to do product and product development. And so this word development uh, kept coming up a little bit, uh, you know, frequently. And so, so we were like, you know, uh, are people called chief development officers? And it's like, well, we could do it. And then we're like, you know, <laughs> construction companies have that. And uh, and then basically, when we figured out that construction companies have CDOs, we were like, yeah, this is going to be a big mess of construction. So <laughs> so let's just go with CDO. That'll work. Yeah, all right. You're, you're building things. Yeah, definitely, definitely building things every day. Building relationships, building products, <laughs> That's <it>. building
0: wireframes.
3: <laughs> all of the things. Yes. Awesome. So on top of
2: that, um, Adam, you're also in a lot of ways like a very public face for Demi Plane. Adam runs the dev updates, which I believe are
3: weekly at this point. Yeah, weekly on Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific. So uh, just, uh, you know, start off your morning with uh, my smiling face and I'll answer (laughs) any question you ask. I I get a whole lot of questions about what my favorite dinosaur is. I don't really know how that started. but uh but it's a recurring theme at this point yeah what is it the hat
2: with the dinosaur on it oh it's a dragon that's a dragon this one this
3: one's a dragon i'm pretty sure i've got one with a dinosaur on it also though so what what is your
1: favorite dinosaur
3: Okay. So when people ask, I have to preface this each time with saying that, you know, I'm a complicated human being. I have a lot of different emotions and, uh, and, and I, I think about things differently, you know, based on the context that I'm living through at the time. And so I have to always say that, you know, my favorite dinosaur at any given time could change, you know, week to week, month to month, whatever. So I would say that my current favorite, um, is how I have to, you know, put that out there. Is probably the Ankylosaurus. I've been oh, really uh, into choice. that one. I uh, I'm a fan of, you know, tanks and games and <laughs> and just armor in general. And so I, I think that's my current favorite. <laughs> All right, good choice, good choice. <laughs> All right.
2: So Adam is also a player on Demiplanes at. Uh, uh, Children of Aarte
3: stream. Uh, did I pronounce that right? Uh, you were really super, super close. So, uh, it, and this is kind of, uh, uh, you know, a running gag as well. So it's uh, it's Aerte, just like the uh. word, you know, like Air Jordan, Aerte. Um, it's uh, it's Aerte and that uh, we have kind of come to understand uh, throughout playing is just uh, maybe another name for Earth, maybe. Um, is is what, what, what the characters kind of think, um, you know, at this point, uh, it's a little ambiguous still, but, but I think that that's it's a play on the word earth.
1: I was going to guess Urta for some reason.
2: (laughs) 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 It's the accent that that throws me. All right. So let's talk about what Demiplane has been up to since we talked to you last, Adam. I think right after we talked last, the Marvel multiverse RPG playtest launched.
3: Okay. So, yeah, that, so, wow. Uh, that sounds like a, a long time ago, but yeah, that, <laughs> that sounds right.
2: Yeah. Uh, you've been busy. It probably feels like a lot of years have passed, but it's been like a year at most. Um, <laughs> so the Marvel multiverse RPG beta launched via Demiplane. So like, that is still the place to get the digital format. Marvel multiverse RPG rules. Um, since then you've added some other games, uh just going through alphabetically Avatar Legends, mm-hmm. Pathfinder 2E, Vampire the Masquerade, Hunter of the Reckoning, the Alien RPG, and Mutant Year Zero. So like you are or DemiPlane is the platform for digital rules for for Free League and for several other RPG companies at this point. Like these are some really big, really popular games. So mm-hmm. you guys have been busy. How was that alphabetical? I
3: I wasn't going to say
2: anything. That wasn't alphabetical <laughs> at all. You're right. No, that was not alphabetical. Uh, look, it was A, P, and then it just fell off the rails immediately. I think no, the first
1: right. one, the only one you got correct was the first one. That was... Jeez. Well, no, I Actually, think
3: Alien no, no, would be yeah, first. Yeah, yeah <laughs> no,
2: yeah. Alien would be first. So not even... <laughs> This is but, how you know we run a professional show here.
3: You just said that you were going to do it alphabetically, and I was sitting there thinking when you said that, I was like, oh, wow, this is going to be hard. Can I do it alphabetically? And I was trying to like think, and I was like, and then and then you just read it off the menu, and I was like, oh, okay, that, that's way better. <laughs> See, what I think I did, <laughs> I think I
2: copied them off of the menu in menu order from the Demiplane site and just didn't think about it. Perfect. Shame on me.
1: (laughs) Bravo, (laughs) bravo. But
0: but but it is exciting. So we love a lot of free leagues content, and so seeing there's a place to go get digital rules for Alien for Mutant Year Zero, like that's really awesome. Seeing other very popular games, so Vampires, one of the most popular tabletop games out there right now, Uh, and yeah, this is a place to go get it.
3: Yeah, we we are really just. I can't even really articulate how um, thrilling it is to to be able to work with all of these great partners, uh, the great games that they have published. And, you know, honestly, I think that, uh, you know, when, when we think about this, we you mentioned at the very start of the show here that, uh, you know, uh, Demi planes. Uh, you know, been around a little bit that at the time that we last spoke, it was just starting. And honestly, we still very much so feel like we are just starting at, at this point. And so I think that um it's it's exciting to to think about how far we've come and you know that whole uh i think i think that you know i do deserve a raise because that whole uh, you know <laughs> business development thing of signing up partners i think that uh you know nailed it i think i uh, think i definitely did pretty pretty good at that part but but again this yeah, was agree. um this was not something that was very hard to sell um you know after what we saw with D Beyond and, and the demand and the community need for, for those kinds of tools, it was very, very simple to go to Paizo and to go to Free League and say, hey, that you know, we're going to do something like this. We have the benefit of being able to have all this hindsight and understand, you know, where the pitfalls were. So we're going to get to do this again. And, and, you know, it's. I always think about World of Warcraft versus EverQuest because EverQuest was an incredible game. And I just remember World of Warcraft coming along and being able to benefit from seeing Whatever quest did well and what maybe it didn't do as well, and uh, and they they really refined the form there, and so we really have that kind of opportunity here, and to be able to do this, um, you know, with again all these great publishers has been just such an incredible, uh, incredible experience. And honestly, this is something that I wanted from the first time that uh, you know before it was even called D and D Beyond. I wanted these kind of tools to be available for other games outside of D and D and so, uh, you know, what we're doing here with Demi plane is just kind of a continuation of that mission and, and that vision. And, um, and again, you're, you're right. Vampire free league. I, I am fans of all of these companies. I play these games. I, you can't, you know, see it, uh, you know, but I've got an <laughs> avatar <laughs> Legends starter set right here beside my computer. Nice. Um, You know, these games and these companies are doing incredible things, and our entire mission and what we're trying to accomplish is to, um, you know, really believe and be convicted that all of these great games deserve nice things, too. Awesome. So another thing that you've
0: been busy with, that DemiPlane's been busy with. So we mentioned at the top of the show the Children of Airtay streaming game. Tell folks at home about that.
3: Yeah, so Children of Airtay is, um, you know, one of the great things about being in a startup uh, like Demiplane is, uh, because I have uh, I've come, you know, I spent about 10 years working for a Fortune 500, uh, working on defense and aerospace and, uh, you know, NASA related things for the government and medical contracting. And, you know, all these uh, just uh, you know tons of corporate, uh, just a ton of bureaucracy. There, there are good things about that world. I'm, I'm definitely not bashing it here. But then being able to, you know, uh, migrate into the gaming industry and then especially after that to now work for a startup, the um, the ability to choose who you work with is, uh, is something that is just <laughs> it is such a boon in in what we're doing. And so Children of Arte came about because, um, you know, pretty early on, Deborah Ann Wall uh, reached out to me. I, you know, I've I connected with her in the past but she reached out because she was trying to run some games. Uh, she wanted to, uh, you know, run some uh, some paid games on the weekends in between her gigs and everything else that she was working on. And so, uh, so I was like, absolutely, Deborah. We can help you with that. And so, um, you know, she ended up running a series that she had put together uh, that was uh, based on the Cardinal Directions. So she had four different adventures that she would run for people on Demiplane and they would pay, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, high high dollar seats here, I think $200 a seat. um, And people would would come in and, um, and they, they sold out and she could not keep up with the demand by the way. So, uh, you know, big, big, big (laughs) waiting list for this, but uh, she would run these adventures. And I got to see firsthand just how just brilliant she is, how creative she is, And, uh, it, it just got us thinking, it's like, you know, Hey, we, we really love Deborah. We love what she's doing. We can choose who we want to work with. We're, uh, you know, winding down our other 5e show at the time, which was, um, Heroes of the Plains. It was, uh, you know, kind of coming to an end. And I was like, you know, Hey, it would be really something if we just gave Deborah the ability to, um, just kind of, you know, have a sandbox. What, what should, you know, should she want to do with it? And she came. And the pitch. So I'm finally getting to the elevator pitch here for Children of <laughs> Um, The the real pitch that she gave me, even initially, was fairy tales for grownups, and I was mm. like, "All right, that sounds good. Let's do it." <laughs> like, yeah. It, was, it was almost instant. I was like, "Yeah, this is this is perfect." And so, uh, just the feel and the vibe of the show is one that um, you know people from a, a world not unlike our own. Uh, so so basically, the modern world. Uh, we all get on a uh, kind of a weird, you know, retro-style train ride together, and then we, you know, the train crashes. And uh, you know, spoilers for episode one, uh, but uh, but the train the train crashes, and we are stuck someplace that our characters still don't actually know where we are. We think it's maybe a different dimension. Uh, you know, it's got vibes of the Chronicles of Narnia. Uh, With, uh, you know, walking through the wardrobe here, it is, um, you know, uh, lots and lots of threads to something like Stardust by Neil Gaiman that, you know, there are thin places that you can just slip through, uh, you know, all those really, really classic tropes that are going on here. And I think what makes Children of Erte really unique as far as an actual play goes is, first of all, you do have a cast that, um, you know, at this point we have played together for I think more than four or five years at this point, and so we are just wow. incredibly comfortable with with everyone that's playing, um, and uh, everything is really slow burn. So you know, it's it's maybe not for everyone out there, but if you are um, you know really into character development, I mean, we role play watches like we we literally role play watches. And, uh and the results are something unlike anything I've seen in the actual play space and again Deborah is just brilliant and she continues to surprise I've been doing this for a long time I've been you know playing in live streams for a long time at this point and I still come out of each and every session that we have just with my mouth agape uh just you know wondering how on earth whatever happened just happened so uh, <laughs> so it's really something we're about I think maybe 35 episodes in, uh, but they are two hour episodes. So they're a little bit easier to catch up on, uh, than you know, some of the four or five hour ones, but, uh, but yeah, it has been a wild ride so far. And if you haven't caught it, then by all means, check it out. And don't worry folks. We'll have a link in the show notes. Perfect. All right. So, uh, a recent
2: ish development. So Demiplane is in testing for a Pathfinder second edition character builder. So, People who've used D&D Beyond for a long time are very familiar with the D&D Beyond character builder, character management and that. And like it's it's it is what it is. Like it it works pretty well. It it does the things you get to build your characters and then you're happy. So PF2, like there's a lot of fiddly bits and there's like a lot of decision points in characters. So having those automated tools to build a character is very, very helpful. Like there are a couple of options available currently. I'm, I'm really excited to see this from Demi Plain. Like I'm, I'm in the closed alpha. Um, I bothered you with the blog post with feedback, like the first couple of days it was up. Um, I named a character, uh, Bradham
3: Adford. Oh, uh, <laughs> I didn't even see that. <laughs> I mean, you, I, you I normally were, look through all the you know thousands and hundreds of thousands of characters yeah. we now have in the alpha. I look look at them every night, and I didn't see them. No, I'm just joking. But,
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, you you responded with a very polite like, yeah, thanks for calling those out. We're working on all those issues. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that good, sounds good like good response to bug feedback. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, like it's it's already in really good shape. Like I'm enjoying it. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. Uh, can you give us a timeline on like when the next big milestones are?
3: I mean, I'm going to quit this show right now if you start asking for <laughs> dates. No, um, no that's why. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I kid. Uh, no, uh, you know, everybody always wants to know when. Yeah. And, uh, you know, honestly, there are times along this entire process that we want to know when. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think that, um, I feel that, you know, really personally right now, yeah, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. You know. same, yeah, that, that's software development for you, but, but, you know, I think that what is really important for us is it really does come down to velocity and, um, you know, how much are we getting done and how quickly are we getting it done at the level of quality that we want? And so I think that what's really important, you know, we are getting, we are definitely getting down the road. And, um, I was just, you know, posting on our forums today, uh, that, uh, we really have gotten out of our closed alpha phase that we're currently in, you know, for character tools with Pathfinder, we have absolutely gotten out of this, what we want, um, you know, wh- you know, which was really just, Hey, you know, what are your overall impressions? What is some directional feedback is the flow of this working? Do you see the potential in what you, in, in what we're putting out here now? Because we really, before we put out anything that is dry concrete, we want to make sure that you know we're pouring things into the right place with with the wet concrete. And um, and the good news is is that the feedback that we've gotten uh, that you know is is that qualitative uh, you know type of feedback, especially that that just kind of overall impressional feedback it has been incredibly positive. And so that allowed us, you know, pretty early on, even in the alpha to say, you know, hey, we feel pretty good about locking this in. And this is, re- <laughs> you know, the entire approach was trying our best not to fall into some of the pitfalls I did in the past life, which was, you know, put out a character sheet that, you know, even at the time I knew that it wasn't really doing the trick, but uh, you know, we were kind of under the gun for, for timelines. And uh, you know, we're also kind of thinking like, hey, we don't know what this should be, but um, you know, uh, we're going to know what it should be after we hear a whole bunch of feedback, right? And so um, <laughs> we ended up going, uh, you know, seven to nine months uh, having to pr- pretty much redo it. And so our closed alpha here has uh, been us, you know, uh, me in particular, learning from some of those, uh, you know, early. Uh, you know, pioneer style things that we had to do. And so I think that, uh, you know, the closed alpha, uh, we've gotten what we need out of it. We're getting to a point now where um, there is, um, I do not see a scenario where we will not be into the public open beta, which for us is the big, big milestone where we let everyone into the house. Right now the house is under construction, we're renovating um, and we're letting a few people in here or there. But like, this is when the public gets into it. And that for us, you know, it's not necessarily launched because we just are are like, hey, you know, there are a couple of little features here or there that we're going to continue to add to this. And really, that'll happen forever. But uh, the open beta for us is really the unveiling of of what's going on. And so um, I don't see any scenario at this point where that's not happening within you know the first half of this year. So, uh, so we're definitely oh. getting, uh, getting very close to it. Can't uh, give a specific date, uh, for sure. But, uh, but I, you know, if it's not out by the end of Q2, then, uh, it is going to be so close. We can taste it. All right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll watch socials and we'll make sure to let everybody know when that happens. Yeah. yeah we will definitely shout that from the rooftops.
1: <laughs> so should we talk about the newest development with Demiplane, which is the 5e Nexus?
2: Yeah, I'm really excited about this. So uh, we have been covering all of the OGL drama. Uh, we've talked about
3: that quite a bit on the podcast. Drama is such a quaint way to put that.
2: <laughs> fire?
1: <laughs> Dumpster fire? Debacle. Yeah. <laughs> debacle, yes. That's the perfect word,
2: debacle. Uh, debacle's a polite word for it, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we, like... I, I, I gotta squeeze it in real quick. Cluster <laughs>
1: Random.
0: That's the only
2: one you're allowed. Yeah. <laughs> one a season, right? <laughs> That's fine. Dan, Dan will edit that generously. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um,
2: Dan's looking very
1: right. disappointed in us, right?
3: He loves <laughs> <laughs> it, looks like, yeah.
2: So, with all the OGL developments recently, um, Cobalt Press is working on their Black Flag project. And Demiplane, among some other wonderful companies, has signed up to work with Cobalt Press on this. And alongside that, Demiplane has announced a new 5e nexus. Between the OGL and the uh, SRD 5.1, now being in the Creative Commons, there's a lot of flexibility to build software tools using the core of the 5e rules. And, uh, if I remember correctly from our Optimizing Online Play episode that you joined us on, Adam, you told us that one of the big dreams was to do what d and Beyond does for third-party creators like Cold, Cold Press. So you now have the 5e nexus on the way. Generally, what is the plan for the Five E Nexus in the context of like upcoming One D and D? Cobalt Presses breaking off to do Black Flag, like what is this going to look like?
3: Yeah, that's uh, I'm, I'm going to try to uh, you know figure out where I'm going to dive into this because because yeah, it, it is a <laughs> that that is a really really big one and you know honestly um, you know at the end of the day when I departed that past life uh, joined Demiplane. And we started talking about giving other publishers and other games nice things and trying to you know provide high quality digital support and all all the you know mission goals that we had. Cobal Press was actually one of the first partners that we signed. Now, you know we um, didn't publicly announce that for for some time, and uh, you know we're we're still sitting on, actually, a pretty high number of people that we have not talked about publicly yet. So unfortunately, I you know I hate to be a tease there. but um you know <laughs> we we have many others that we have not um, you know actually publicly announced that we are going to be developing uh, you know, Nexus support for Cobal press has been um, you know, uh, in the stable for for you know a long time here. and, as we have been going forward, as you can imagine, a company like Kobo Press and many of the uh, you know third party creators and publishers who are supporting fifth edition content, uh, it's been, you know, uh, kind of tumultuous, um, you know, and, and by the way, it's not just since what has really publicly hit the fan. Um, you know, in the I, I don't even know when it was. It feels like it was three years ago, but it was probably only a, <laughs> a month ago or whatever. But um, but whenever um, all of this started, you've got to understand that you know many of these publishers have had have seen the writing on the wall for for some time. And um, you know, personally, uh, you know, under uh, you know NDAs and everything else that that I was under. Um, it it played a pretty key role in my departure from that uh, past life. I won't say that it was all of it, but it was probably you know at least fifty percent of the reason uh, that uh, I, I did not uh, stick around with that B, uh, DDB uh, you know place. And so I think that it, you know knowing it was coming and us wanting to provide that kind of support to third parties, many of us just had to kind of wait and see um, you know exactly how. Um, all the Plinko chips were going to fall, and uh, and and figure out exactly, uh, you know, what the fallout was going to be of that. And so, there for a little while, uh, as the debacle started, um, you know, it, it looked like, hey, you know, this is going to be, um, you know, maybe wor- kind of our worst case scenario here. As at least if you are a fifth edition publisher, it's a worst case scenario. On the Demiplane side, I do I do want to be really clear, and you know, I'm pretty pretty straightforward guy. Um, that, you know, our entire business model and the plan and everything that we've been doing has uh, has been very intentional in insulating us from, uh, you know, whatever Wizards of the Coast was going to do. Because again, uh, you know, having foreknowledge is also always a, a really good thing uh, when, when this stuff, uh, you know, starts going down. But um, so, you know, we were going to be fine, and we have uh, been very convinced of that either way. But then, with some of the more recent developments uh, with Creative Commons and uh, you know some uh, some individuals coming to their senses and you know everything else that that has you know ended up happening, then it does clear the way for us to be able to you know hey, Cobble Press, we you know uh, it, it's time to uh, to be partners here and and yeah, you're making this great Project Black Flag. I'm excited to see what they do. And the intent behind 5e Nexus is, is for anyone who is playing 5th edition, especially, you know, and again, I'll, I'll go back to, you know, if you can't tell, I played a lot of World of Warcraft. Um, but I'll go back to, you know, people talk about Vanilla WoW. And um, and then you talk about, you know, Burning Crusade, you know, and past that. And most people talk about, you know, essentially forks happening at the expansions. And depending on what happens with 1D&D, i am still not very convinced. I mean, I've seen some... Uh, you know, half-hearted commitments out there that, you know, 1D&D is going to enter the uh, SRD and there's going to be a new version of the SRD. I don't think that anybody out there should be holding their breath for that. But um, whether that happens or not, the current iteration of 5th edition is the most popular set of role-playing rules that has ever existed on this planet by factors. And it is not going to be something that people drop overnight. And uh, you better believe that you know whatever one D and D looks like, which uh, you know, cur- currently I'm not sure how it's looking. Um, you know, after these druid and paladin, uh, you know, updates <laughs> that I, that I saw this last week. But um, but you know, I- in all seriousness, though, um, you know, it's going to have to be a really really baller addition for anybody to want to really really you know uh, go there. And so I think that we are again at an inflection point. Not unlike fourth edition into, or third edition into fourth edition, where, you know, it might not be a single company like Paizo that kind of, you know, uh, forks away with a 3.5, you know, new version of a game. But I think it will be a, uh, you know, multitude of third party publishers that will continue to go with vanilla 5e. And uh, they are going to add their own expressions of that uh, to it, just like Black Flag is kind of explaining that they're going to do. And, you know, at the end of the day, in that kind of world where publishers are going to continue to work with that most popular rules ever made, they are not going to be able to, uh, you know, utilize the walled garden uh, that includes D&D Beyond and all these other things. And so for us, it was very important for us, you know, and, and by the way, 5e Nexus is... Um, 5A Nexus is is uh, just kind of a, a twinkle in our eye right now, like we haven't worked <laughs> on it yet, but this announcement was about us making sure that we put out there um, that, you know, hey, if you are going to stay outside that walled garden, if you are going to continue to work with, you know, vanilla 5A, this you know term I'm labeling it, if you're going to continue to play uh, with those threads, then you are going to have uh, you might not be able to walk into the walled garden with that, but you're going to have this wonderful open playground outside those walls, and you are again still going to be able to enjoy nice things and have high quality digital support. And so, five A Nexus is about that for us. Um, it's not necessarily uh, you know uh, people ask me uh, often, and this is uh, you know probably a question that you were going to ask if I didn't bring it up now. But, uh, you know, how how do you see 5e Nexus existing without uh, having the first party uh, Wizards of the Coast products and and those kind of things? And for us, that's just not the right question for the intent that we have behind 5e Nexus. Because, again, these publishers and these companies who are going to be working with the SRD 5.1 that's now in Creative Commons, they are going to be building new things that don't necessarily need to tie into those first-party products. They're going to be making their own games, like Black Flag's going to be. And this is where, you know, 5e Nexus is going to be there to support it. Now, the good thing with 5e Nexus is it's not Black Flag Nexus. So, you know, when enough of these publishers, um, and again, we haven't shared everyone we've signed yet, right? But when enough of these publishers are working on fifth edition content in a continuing fashion like that, Having them all in one place, even if it's not, you know, moving into that one D&D, um, you know, aspect, then that is still going to be a really, really useful and convenient thing for people to be able to use and play. I'm very excited about all of that. I guess it's probably too early to be talking about
2: the specifics, but with Black Flag and potentially other third-party spins on 5e making changes to the mechanics of the game... Like, people who are very accustomed to the d d Beyond character creator, like, there, there's a few checkboxes and dropdowns, and, like, you can pick from a few options, but, like, Black Flag in their first playtest packet uh, revamped a lot of how character creation works. So, like, is the 5e nexus going to support essentially multiple variations on a singular core rule set?
3: Yeah, excellent question, and um, you know, I'm I'm not being overly dramatic by saying that Demiplane's success as a company hinges on the ability for us to have that kind of flexibility and power. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, <laughs> it, you know, it's sidestepping that specific question a second, but I'll come back to that. But um, but kind of stepping to the side for a moment. Uh, You know, how are we going to cover the just depth and complexity and just sheer scope and scale of Pathfinder in our character tools and then turn around and be able to do a Powered by the Apocalypse game like Avatar Legends, which we're in parallel working on right now, Uh, turn around and be able to do a storyteller game like uh, Vampire 5e, um, which we're also doing in parallel right now. So those are, are the first three that we're working on. The way that that works is because we have been spending the time making a platform. I alluded to earlier that ability, you know people rarely get second chances to make something, um you know from from the ground up. I have had that second chance. And so, as we came into this discussion, we understood that uh, you know, first of all, we didn't have uh, we didn't have a lot of interest in working with Wizards of the Coast. And so, you know, it's like if we're not working with Wizards of the Coast, uh, who, you know, uh, really does have a big part of the market share right now, the only way that this really works is if we provide that high quality experience for all these other games. So it was never one game, two games, like it's always dozens potentially of games, right, is what we're talking about. And so if we're going to really have to have character tools and, and let's be honest, like. Right now, we have Digital Reader um, out there, which which works really great. It's great to be able to pull up on your phone while you're waiting for your kid's practice to be over or whatever, you know. We have our game compendium, being able to, uh, you know, filter and, and find things really quickly. Um, you know, those are great features. They're not done, but but they, even in their current form, they're really, really solid features. But the piece of resistance is the character tools. Like, that is what this whole thing is about. And so we have for months now, been really in this deep, dark tunnel, working on a platform that will have the flexibility and the power to cover all of these different games, but then coming back now to 5e Nexus to be able to cover not just the core of 5e, but being able to cover adding a heritage on top of anything else that that you're trying to do there and to be able to toggle that stuff on and off depending on what kind of, uh, you know, campaign you're playing. Are you using Cobalt Press content? Or are you not? All of those things are fundamental to, to everything that we're doing. And so it's really, really hard to see that right now because we are just in the initial stages of this alpha phase for Pathfinder, which has been our pilot. But we also chose Pathfinder very intentionally because we knew that if we could pull off Pathfinder with this platform... With all the complexity and the ins and outs, and the different contextual things that have to happen, and everything else with Pathfinder, then when we turn to Avatar Legends, which by the way, this has been a wonderful experience for us, when we turn to Avatar Legends, it's like, wait a minute, this is easy. Like this is this is really <laughs> really great to work on this, you know. And so, uh, so again, it, it's um, we are using this visual scripting language behind the scenes. That is powered by you know what we call engines and modules, and these engines and modules are just based on logic. And the intent is that you know initially it's going to be stuff that is internal only. We're going to be building these engines and making these things happen. But once we fine tune that to the point where um, you know Pathfinder and getting this first one done has taken you know months. It's taken probably you know uh, nine ten solid months of us again being in that dark development tunnel. When we emerge on the other side of that, when we get to open beta with Pathfinder, you are going to see that Avatar Legends will be released to fans out there to use. We are going to be talking in units of weeks and not months um, at that point in time. We are going oh, wow. to see Vampire in units of weeks and um, and and so, you know, this is a really, really important thing. And um, it's hard for me to describe what that's gonna look like. And and by the way, like we still have to pull it off. Like, let, let me be clear there. But that has been our plan all along. And um, and so when it comes to 5E, it, it's almost like you've got a, a lot of different games going on, you know, w- within the one game there. But the engines that we have uh that are kind of working under the hood for that. That is the intent behind that with that flexibility and power. And we're really excited to prove out all these theories that we have because it is still just theoretical, but we are really, really pleased with where we are with Pathfinder right now. And then, as I said, we've started Avatar and Vampire, and we're already seeing, you know, the green matrix code um, kind of splashing <laughs> uh, all over everywhere. And uh, we're really, really excited to see what that's going to mean for, uh, you know, tackling Free League, um, you know, later this year. And so, uh, so all, all of that is coming, and we know that character tools are where it's all at. And those character tools are the part that we're really, really pushing this year to get to. I'm really excited on all that. Awesome. So, folks at home, uh, keep your
0: eye out for the open beta for Pathfinder Two coming out in the first half of 2023. If you're in the closed alpha, congratulations. Hope you loved it. Uh, Keep engaging, and yeah, we're going to keep going forward. Adam, thank you so much for being with us
3: today. Really appreciate you having me. Always a pleasure. That's great. So, how can folks find you on the internet? Wow, I am. uh, So, most of the time, I hang out on Twitter um, because you know um, it's just so much shorter to read. Um, so, so that's that's why I'm on Twitter most of the time. So yeah, you can find me at BadEyeAdam Adam on Twitter., uh, you can also find me in the Demiplane Discord. We are uh, very, very available, um, you know, in our forums and on on uh, the Discord server. So uh, you know if you ever have questions or anything, uh, feel free to at me um, on uh, on any of those places. I am always happy to do that. And then yeah, you can catch me. On uh, Demiplane Dev update and community Q and A session streams on Tuesday mornings at 9 am. Pacific. and there is where uh, you really can ask me anything and um, I can't remember the last time that I turned away a question. Um, and so uh, so feel free uh, to to join in on those streams and ask away. Awesome. And for folks at home we'll have links in the show notes so to' be able to go find all that awesome content
0: or you know tweet short things at Adam on Twitter. if you've enjoyed the show please rate and review us on apple podcast and rate us on spotify or your favorite podcast app it's a quick free way to support the podcast and helps us to reach new listeners you'll find links in the show notes you'll find affiliate links for source books and other materials linked in the show notes as well as on rpgbot.net
3: following these links helps us to make this show happen every week that that's the thing is uh you know uh brevity is the soul of wit